I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Papua New Guinean pastor and missionary Luke Franklin. How are you, mate? I'm very good, sir. I'm very good. Yeah. Now, you're out uh, visiting Australia and uh, preaching the gospel. Tell us a bit about your story. Uh, what, what part of PNG are you from? I'm from um, kind of a mix. My mom comes from Cavian, uh, New Island province. That's in up part of uh, East New Britain. Yeah. And my dad comes from Medang, so originally I'm from Papua New Guinea, yes. Well, we, yeah. we have such a heart for Papua New Guinea, and like I know uh, guys like uh, Steve Grace uh, travels through Papua New Guinea regularly and preaches the gospel, and uh, there's many Aussies that have a, a connection uh, with, uh, with Papua New Guinea. Um, do, you, do you have a real heart for Australia? I have a really heart for Australia because uh, what the Lord was doing in my heart and also God gave us something about Australia that was a couple of years ago when God was just uh, doing uh, new things in my heart. That's number one. And number two, um, what Papua New Guinea um, honed Australia because of what it did. Australia did for Papua New Guinea as, as, a, as a, a mother. And we just like, a, you know, growing up in the hands before before we can we, we gain our independence. Yeah. Mm, in wonderful. Yeah. And you're now a missionary in Vanuatu and God has used you there to evangelize and plant churches. Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah, the Lord took me into Vanuatu that was in two thousand one. I went in and I uh preached there for three months as, as an evangelist. Though I'm an evangelist uh, and then I went there and then I uh, impacted eighty five thousand people in the nation. So and then I came back to Papua New Guinea in 2002. Uh, our leadership in Australia, the board of the four scriptures, they decided for me to bring me back out of Papua New Guinea to one or two as a resident missionary. So ever since we've been there for the last 13 years. Yeah. Wonderful. And uh, I know that um, Vanuatu is, uh, you know, a beautiful place. Uh, I actually went there for my honeymoon many years ago. And uh, I remember going through the markets there and seeing these gorgeous women uh, with their fuzzy wuzzy hair sitting in the markets, uh, waving away the the flies from the fish and then reading a Bible in the other hand. And I thought, what a beautiful place. (laughs) Yes, yes, it is. One of is still beautiful. Probably they rate it about uh, second time or third time. It's a beautiful uh, uh, place on earth, I think. Yeah. Now, tell us about some of the miracles you've seen while you've been ministering. Yeah, I think probably, you know, when God was uh, 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 using me as a young, young person in Papua New Guinea, and then I came to Bible College in 1984, and from there on, you know, after uh, completing the Bible school in 84 day, they, I, I told my... Uh, principal to send me to the hardest place uh, where, you know, the gospel was not really um, um, become reality to the people because people are still in superstitious belief and traditional, something like that. So the Lord opened the door for us to go up in the one part of remote area in Medang province, that is Josephstal. So in that place, we, we were there for probably two years and we have seen powerful miracle happen. 
um, you know, a lady who died uh, on Friday, and then a uh, son came running to us in where we are in a small mission station. He came up and early in the morning, that was Saturday, and then uh, she, he said, uh, uh, Pastor, can you do something? And I said, what? Can you explain to me? And he was still crying. He said, please, explain to me. Stop crying. And he said, uh, my mother died yesterday, and they will bury her today, Saturday. Uh, she died on Friday, and Saturday they will bury her. And then, you know, they did everything on Saturday and dug the hole and prepared a place for the body to be laid in the, in the, in the cold ground. And uh, our son said, you have to do something. So I looked around. I said, well, your mom is already dead. Why don't you go back and bury your mother? And he insisted. He insisted, and he said, uh, Franklin, uh, you told me about Jesus giving life back to people, and he gave life back to Lazarus. And uh, Lazarus was four days uh, uh, past, and Jesus gave, me, gave a life to him. So I believe that my mom can come back alive. And I looked to him, and I saw faith in him. And, and according to that man, he has faith, so I agreed with him, and I just pray over the water. I didn't personally go, but I prayed over the water, and I, I gave the water to him. The water, I put it in a small container, yeah. like 1.5 mil, and then I gave it to him, and I said, you take that water back, and he took that water back to the village. It's about 80, 90 kilometers, 100, 100 kilometers up in the mountains across three big rivers. And then finally, when he reached the place, he, he saw that the, the, the family were taking the, the body the body was already laid in a casket or coffin, and they were taking the body to to the grave. And then he he, he stopped the stopped the people, um, you know, instead of walking into the graveyard, he stopped them and said, "Please wait for me. I have to do something." And while I was praying, I prayed and I told him, I said, "You go back and just pour the water on top of the body or on top of the casket. You don't you don't need to do anything. Just pour the water, and you can see something going to happen." And that's that was the act of faith. I didn't I didn't know, but I believe that God going to do something. And that was a historical thing that uh, the lady came back to life. Wow! And then that was a powerful thing in the villages and the community. So there, there's something strange here. So I have to send other group of people, my church members, uh, next day to go and find out what happened. So when they, when they went into the village, they saw a lady came back to life and. That was a beginning of a breakthrough in that community. That are, I could just village. imagine the whole community would have been talking about it, and yes. uh, and so she's she was dead for twenty four hours and came back to life. Yeah, she, she she died for twenty four hours and came back to life. She died on Friday, probably about three o'clock, and came back to life the next uh, probably about three o'clock the same time again on Saturday. And evening, do you know if yeah. do you know if she said anything about what she saw while she was dead? Oh well, I, that. That I didn't interview her, but she came back to life and uh, told the people. That's what he, he told his son and uh, the leaders. They said that, that the, the Lord has something, or the Lord has given me life back to come back to tell you people to repent wow. and turn away from all those what we are doing now and turn to God because that that area was totally. Uh, believing in you know occult practice and a lot of people were dying and something like that and uh, there is no church there and people are totally in darkness and that was a breakthrough right now we have about 30 churches 39 churches planted around that community that area so you think of all the lives that have been impacted through that lady coming back to life uh, and you've seen a lot of other similar miracles to this, haven't you? Yes, I see a lot of other miracles. Other, another miracle was a five-year-old a boy who, who uh, 
who was who died on uh, the same time. I, I was not I was not praying that time. I was on my mission. I was in a car and uh, traveling from one part of the country to the part of the country, and that all just told me about the family. And I never met this family. I never saw them. But the Lord revealed to me about this family in the car. I saw something like a vision. So I came out from my house and I left my bag and I just crossed the road. And I was standing there trying to find out about this car because they were in this car. And they were driving back to town and something happened. A little boy died at about 8 o'clock in the morning. So they took the body to the hospital and the doctor, the doctor's name is Dr. Mackerel. He checked the, the body and the, clinically the, the little boy, five years old, his name is Dalbert, he died. So they said, well, I, I don't have anything to do. You just take the body back home and uh, prepare for funeral service. So, you know, that's, that's, that, that, that's what happened. So they took the body to the house. So that day, the Lord just bring me to that house and to make story short, I went there and I just commanded little boy to come back to life. And he came back to life, and that was the history. And then the next morning, 300 people that they were witness on that occasion, what happened. And they, they gave their lives, they came to church, and that was the additional work because I was just, uh, assigned to be the pastor of that area in Ramosuga, that's in Medang province. Ramosuga, and then the church grew up from 15 people to 200 within, 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 you know, not even a day, not even a month, something like that. That was something like that. So that little boy also graduated from University of, uh, University of Technology in Lay, and he's a mining engineer right now. Wow, I just love hearing those stories. And, and did you, what did you say the doctor's name was, Dr. Mackerel? Yeah, Dr. Mackerel, something like that. He's, he's an Australian now. Aussie, something like that. I don't know where he is now. I don't know. I wonder if everyone said, holy mackerel. That would have been, that would have been exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking to Pastor Luke Franklin uh, from the Foursquare Churches uh, from Papua New Guinea and Vanuatu. And I understand you've been to the Solomons as well. Uh, yeah, I've been to Solomons. Uh, I just pastor Solomons. We have a work there now. and We have a missionary from Papua New Guinea who was my student, who was my student. And I taught him at Barber College. And I was uh, a senior pastor in a district overseer in many, many four-square churches in Papua New Guinea. But, uh, and normally every month I used to go down and teach for two weeks and then I come back. So this is the guy that I told him in a Bible college. And now he's a missionary in, in, Papua, uh, sorry, in Solomon Islands. Yeah, and it's so good to see uh, the missionary work that's happening, uh, also in places like uh, Fiji. Have you been over doing ministry in Fiji? No, brother, I didn't go to. Uh, I, I I was thinking to go to Fiji, but I never been into Fiji. But mm. our prayers are in Fiji, and people are calling us to go into Fiji. Hopefully, hopefully this year or next year we might be going to into Fiji. But we have worked there. We have worked there. We have uh, four school churches there, and also. We have leaders for uh, from uh, Fiji, though, though they are they are four square leaders and pastors there. But I spent a lot of time in New Caledonia, mm-hmm. probably eighteen or nineteen times. I travel in and out, wow. friends' territory. Yes, we established a lot lot of work. And what about Nauru? You know, we hear a lot about Nauru with the uh, detention center there. But I heard that there's been a move of God in Nauru. Have, have you heard about that? Yeah, we have we have Papua New Guinea missionary in Nauru right now, and also we have a Papua New Guinea missionary in Kiribati and Palau. Uh, you know, uh, for our our organization, our movement, our Foursquare movement in Papua New Guinea, 
which is many, many years ago, uh, the Australian missionaries went up and established the work with the uh, Foursquare United States. They went up and established the work. But right now, Papua New Guinea is taking leadership and, you know, you know training people. And, and those are the fruits of, of early missionaries like Australia and the United States that has been planted the seed. And now, instead of America, Australia going up now, Papua New Guinea is sending missionaries all over Pacific right now. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, we've heard the prophecy about, uh, you know, the Great South Land of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people said it was just Australia, but it's really the Great South Lands of the Holy Spirit. It's all the islands uh, that, exactly. that was prophesied. What you're saying is very, 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 uh, very true because the South Land of the Holy Spirit, I think, include every Pacific island which is we're living in the southwest of Pacific. So that's, that's very important. Not only Australia, but it still includes Papua New Guinea and every, and every of course, Pacific island. Yes. Of course, Ferdinand de Quiros that uh, made that proclamation, the Spanish explorer, was in 1606, and he was standing at Pentecost Island in Vanuatu. Is it, uh, do, you, do you go to Pentecost Island sometimes? Is that yes, near you? Yes, we have, yes. De Quiros, yes. He, what he said, that was true. And he, he landed in Santo, Santo Island. Yeah. Santo Highland, he called it Espirito Santo. That's where he declare what you're saying. Wow. And, and also you went up to Pentecost. That's where he, he say the say, uh, repeat the same statement. Yeah. Yes, we have four square churches now in, in, in Pentecost, in Santo Island, in Tana Island, Efate, uh, Malakula, um, Ambai, uh, yes, we have four scriptures all, all over the Well, Pastor Luke, it's been Wanawato. so good to hear about these miracles and, you know, people being raised from the dead in this day and age. You know, a lot of people think that stuff only happened back in the Bible day, but it's still happening today uh, in, the, in the islands around us. And, it, it, you know, you hear stories of it in, in Africa and China and Korea and places like that. It's, it's hap- happening in our front door uh, here on the Pacific Nations. And, uh, mate, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. And God bless this program. And let the word will just spread across through listening to the radio. And thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. Order your flash drive with 20 of the best History Makers interviews now at historymakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help History Makers Radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, historymakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz and George McArdle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Brax, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv.